Hi everybody, I'm Wendy Murdoch and this is Webinars with Wendy. I've been doing a series of webinars during the pandemic to keep myself entertained, to meet my friends and old and new, and to um, learn something. And so tonight my guest is Sydney Burt and we're gonna talk about equine dentistry. Um, my background tonight is the wall that's down um, out my back door. We opened up the space and we uh, actually got a cistern, a 1,500-gallon uh, cistern to collect the rainwater off my roof, and the unintended consequence was the wall we had to build in order to have the stability for the water tank. So kind of like the tongue, we had to put a wall in to keep it in, and, um, and this is the facing on my wall, which I thought was appropriate for dentistry because it all has to line up and match. Um, if you have any questions during the webinar, as always, please put them in the chat or in the Q&A. We are live on Facebook. However, we will not be able to answer any questions on Facebook until after the webinar is over. So just put your comments in Facebook and we'll get to them at the end of the webinar. Um, th Sydney, thank you so much for being my guest tonight. I am so excited to listen to your talk on dentistry because I know how important, we've had so many guests talk about the importance of teeth and how that fits in with the feet, the back, the saddle, the rider, everything to have a healthy horse. And so it's such a pleasure to have you and be able to add this piece into the series of webinars that I've been doing. So welcome. Absolutely. Thank you very much for inviting me. That's great. So, so Sydney, um, how did you get into doing equine dentistry? Well, I actually, and this was 12 years ago, I was working at a Montessori school where my kids went to school so I could offset the cost and be with my children. And one of the parents was a veterinarian. I just didn't know what type of veterinarian she was. So she would come in and share information. You know, she'd read to the kids. Everybody took turns doing things like that. And one day I was talking about one of my horses <clears throat> and how he was diagnosed with navicular. And she kind of shook her head a little bit and said that was kind of a catch-all and she'd like to come and look at my horse. So she did and then I started talking about how I would like to have a new career. And she said, well, I have something for you. You love horses and I need somebody who does this type of dentistry in Colorado. So I introduced, huh? It was a setup. It was a total setup. And, <laughs> but it was perfect because I've been different things, you know, throughout my life, a realtor, I've been in the financial industry, but this fits. I mean, I'm very passionate about this. And when I first learned about it, it made total logical sense to me. And, you know, I had had my teeth done, you know, with the vet that I used, um, but this was just a different type and it was more whole horse, you know, where we're talking balance, feet, teeth, spine, like you're saying, tack, the person, there's just so much that goes into it. And dentistry is a huge part of it. So I, fell I know, into it. you know, dentistry is for me personally, like, you know, right. um, uh, I've had, I've had my share of damage. Um, right. 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 And I and, had braces. <laughs> and, yeah. And when something isn't right in your mouth, it, you just can't stop paying attention to it. It's like, it just grows right. and it gets bigger and bigger. And so right. everything is like, well, what's that thing in my mouth? Right. Right. Or when you think of as a human, which I try to, you know, put it on layman's terms and, and throw it back on us. Like when I work, I have to chew gum. Otherwise, I'm gritting my teeth when I'm working, you know, so I try to do things to relax or say you get hurt 
you're going to be favoring one side or another in your body. So of course that's going to wear into your teeth as well. And it does the exact same thing for horses, injuries, temperament. Is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the teeth pathology wearing into the body or is it the body wearing a pattern into the teeth? You know, it's a, yeah. it's a cycle. And also now that we are, um, our horses live so much longer and I'm kind of getting ahead of the story a little bit, I think here, but you know, I've had many conversations with Dr. Harmon because when I was a kid, a 19 year old horse was ancient and going to right. die at any moment. Right. And, and to now, me, that is not ancient. Yeah. yeah. Well, mean, now we're looking, looking at horses that are 40, 30, yes. 40 years old. Yes. And so I asked you, I said, I said, why do you think horses are living so much longer? And she says, it's the dental care. She right. attributes it primarily to dental care. That is the reason why horses can live so much longer. Right. Well, yeah. and the same with people, you know, as people age, we lose our teeth. You know, some people do, but we can choose to get dentures. Horses don't have that option. So if they are running out of their teeth based on, you know, how, how was their nutrition, you know, certain breeds are a little bit weaker than others. Um, you know, it's all, it could be genetic, but in domestication, we can choose to feed them, I tease and call it horsey oatmeal, but, you know, soak tape pellets. Whereas in the wild, it, during the winter especially, if they run into losing their teeth, then they pass on in the winter because they don't have the fresh, you know, grass right. or anything to eat. And that's, you know, that's the thing is we can keep them alive for a long time also based on how we're feeding them and taking care of their mouth right and understanding that I think a lot of people I find myself telling a lot of people well you need to start moving to this you know there are certain body conditions to look for and then eventually you just <clears throat> need to move to horsey oatmeal what I call right it. you know and with elephants uh I know this is kind of like taking a left-hand turn but it, I take people on horseback safari to, to Africa oh, and okay. an elephant typically dies because it runs out of teeth you right. know Right. And it can't eat its food anymore. And right. That, and think of in the safari, a lot of that stuff is burnt up. You know, in zoos and stuff, they feed them hay. Yeah. But out in the wild, they're not getting that fresh stuff. Right. It, it can vary so much in the rainy season. It can be right. mud and soaked, and then in the summer it can be dry, and they're trying to eat trees. But that's right. really the you know the reason for them passing is losing their teeth. So okay, well let's get right into it because we're we're I I'm so excited about this. Sydney has a slide, so she's going to share her screen and get that up and running. I'll just check that everything's okay. I'm just going to pop a message up on Facebook and let them know I can't answer comments there. Okay. Okay. Okay, you let me know when you want me to go. We're all set. Let's We're go. all set. Okay. So I have a real basic um, PowerPoint that I created when I first started doing dentistry. Because like I said, when I first heard about the type that I do, it made total logical sense to me. So I, my presentation is called the Equine Mouth and Natural Balance Dentistry. And of course, a lot of these pictures were my ponies. So they were good guinea pigs for me. 
horse's teeth. Hopefully, are this wasn't your pony. This was not my pony. Okay, good. <laughs> but this is a good illustration. <laughs> horse's teeth are called hypsodont. Hypsodont means long crowns with short roots. And if you look at the picture, like especially on the bottom part, the fourth tooth back. Your pointer works, by the way. You can use your pointer. Okay. The fourth tooth back here. Yep. You can see this, actually just this part right here is the root base. Wow. So the long crown is everything above it. So there is a surplus of reserve crown below the gum line. And then, let's see. I've already learned something. This is so amazing. I have never seen this uh, cross section of a horse's teeth like this yeah. before. It, well, and how long they are. They're yeah. about four inches long. So that four inches needs to last the entirety of their life. Or like I said, they move into horsey oatmeal after that. Right. But so, right, you know, here's the, the bone. But right probably about here is all that is above the gum line at any given time. So and about a half an inch, approximately? About, yeah. At some have low clinical crown, which is a lot less above the gum line. You know, they're all different. Yep. Um, so the teeth erupt at the same rate as they wear them. And what wears them is when they're masticating their food. So when they're masticating their food and grinding, that's what wears them out and then they start to erupt down in. So is oh, this kind of like the feet then that the where the use matches the growth or I'm eruption? Sorry, again. That the that the use matches the eruption. Yes. And then humans, cats, and dogs have brachiodont teeth, so that's short crowns, you know, the short above the gum line, and then long roots. And the ours come in and stay. The horse's teeth, can, like I said, continue to erupt until they come out of their head. And hopefully, you know, that isn't until they pass on, but I've got a lot that are gumming their food. And they, you know, nature says you need to eat and they'll get it down. But as far as like long stem hay and what we're talking about um, with them living longer, if it's long stemmed hay, I have a lot of people tell me, well, they're getting it down and, and I'm feeling their teeth and saying, well, they're really wearing out. They're really not able to masticate that hay down to what they need to for the proper nutrients and for their gut. They're going to get it down. Nature says you better get it down, but it may be sitting in their gut fermenting instead of little tiny pieces that can get processed through like they're supposed to. So horses can have up to 42 teeth. They typically have 18 teeth on both sides. You know, we're counting both sides. And when I'm, when I talk about them, it's as if I'm facing them. I'm facing their, they're looking at me. Okay. So there are four different arcades in the horse's mouth when we're talking about the teeth. As I'm looking at the horse, the first arcade is the upper right. Second arcade is the upper left. Third arcade is the lower left. And fourth arcade is the lower right. So all these 42 teeth are broken up equally, you know, on both sides, upper and lower of the mouth. So why is so, it called an arcade? 
that I'm, I'm not sure actually. Okay. Um, so I'll have to figure out why that is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll have to look that up. Okay. So typically they have six incisors. So if you're looking at the horse, it's split down the middle, three on the right side, three on the left, you know, upper and lower six molars, same upper and lower up both sides. They may also have canine teeth. Typically the males have canine teeth, but a lot of females have them too. And we're always trying to figure out why do the females have canine teeth? Cause they're actually fighting teeth for in the wild. And maybe those mares have a little more testosterone than the ones that don't have them. They can also have wolf teeth. This picture doesn't actually show it. Wolf teeth are typically right in front of the first molar on the top, either side. Sometimes they don't have them. Uh, typically geldings or males have them pulled when they geld them. And I don't know why they do that, but for some reason it's... Okay, so I have another question. Why are they called wolf teeth? And, and I don't know. And why are the canines called canine teeth? Okay. This, is a, this is a prey animal. <laughs> Not, and, and both of those are, are predator terms. So okay. Yeah, um, that's what I was like. Okay, so yeah. we have to look up arcade, wolf, and canine. Well, and, you know, the canines are for fighting, but, you know, horses eat vegetation. So, <laughs> yeah, kind of interesting. I think they need to come up with different terms for those. Yeah. <laughs> So in the wild, when a horse is in the wild, it is quite capable of taking care of itself. It can wear its teeth naturally with the silica on the vegetation, which acts as a natural abrasive. But another key point, because people always ask me, well, how do they wear in the wild? <clears throat> Just like the feet, they, if they're in the proper conditions, for one, what they're eating, you know, they may get a mouthful of rocks. They may get some harder vegetation than others. It's not just a soft pile of hay right in front of their face, but they're moving. So they're running maybe, and they're looking and they're tipping their heads. It, they're moving and wearing their teeth as they go along. You know, typically they're, they're not standing still. They're going hundreds of miles a day. And it's the same thing with their feet. It's the same thing with their body these animals are made to move so mm -hmm. nature made them to wear everything properly when they're moving it's when we lock them up <laughs> and have them stand still that we're actually causing jobs like for farriers and dentists and you know because we brought them out of their natural habitat so it's when we contain them that they are then unable to take care of themselves and with all the processed food we feed, they are no longer able to naturally wear their teeth. Another key thing with horses, as you see in this picture, they're meant to eat on the ground. I had gotten a horse from Rifle, and I bought one of those handy-dandy feeders that was rectangular, standing up, and then had the bucket, because I was on sand. So I was really afraid mm. of sand colic. And the first thing that horse did was rip that hay out of that feeder and throw it on the ground and eat it. And at first, and this was before I was a dentist, I was infuriated that I wasted the money on the feeder. But why was he, you know, here I'm trying, I'm trying to help him. And he knows better than I do, actually, because he knows this is how he's supposed to be eating. 
that's how they're made to eat. So that's another way that they wear. They're that does bring up this conflict between like sand colic right. and eating on the ground, which right. I'm sure that we'll get to later. But I mean, it, it comes down to we have to to look at what the how they're designed and right. then ensure a way that they can do that safely. Right. So there are mats that you can feed them on. There are feed them out of buckets. Like we have just the metal water buckets and put the feed in those. Ah. So they're still able to go down, down, but then they're not on the dirt. Right. Um, you know, and a lot of horses do have sand colic problems. There are hay pillows, you know, the netted hay pillows, mm-hmm. bags, you know, and this gets into more of the, the balance in the body. Um, <clears throat> hay bags that are hung up or feeders that are up they're causing them to eat a certain way every time. So then that is creating pathology in the mouth one way or the other. Right. So I prefer that they can eat down however you want to do it. That's how they're meant to eat. Well, and we do have instances. Okay. So I'm thinking about my horse because we have, we have to feed round bales because of my horse. Right. Because he eats so much. Um, right. And he prefers to go to the top of the round bale. Right. Um, but horses okay. do browse trees. Sure. So it's, I think we're looking at percentage of time, like he's going right. to pull some off and then eat down. Right, right. So when I, you know, before I learned all of this, I had feeders in the tops of my stall. I just paid somebody to put those in. And then after I found this out, well, I don't need to use those. That was a waste of money. And that feeder that I bought, well, I got rid of that because... <laughs> I'm That's sure somebody else was happy to get it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so the incisors are meant to nip and grasp. And then they have all those teeth, you know, the six molars, top and bottom, side to side, all the way up to grind the teeth. I have found that horses that eat up out of feeders, when I get into their mouths to work with their teeth, most of the concentration is in the back because as they're eating, it's slipping oh, back sure. to the back and that's where they're concentrating on masticating their hay. Right. So it actually is causing pathology in their mouths. Right. So when we bring them into domestication, they then become our responsibility. So to maintain proper motion and keep the proper balance to the TMJ, we have a TMJ joint as well, temporal mandibular joint, the horse needs to have anterior, posterior, and then lateral motion in the dental arcades. So front to back and side to side. Exactly. And what we want is for them to have that with their mouth shut. Not a lot of times if horses are going with their mouth open, you know, I, I, you know, when I go to places and I watch people ride, you know, if they're going like this or if they're going with their mouth open, to me, that's an indication that maybe something isn't working. I've had a lot of people, the horse refused to jump or the horse, and the more you try to shut their mouth, the more you, whatever's going on, if they can't move up here, it's going to go backwards. Right. Absolutely. So, they may dump you or they may refuse to jump or, I mean, there can be all kinds of issues. Right. But so this, this pretty little girl, this protuberant tooth, 
actually ended up coming out because she, you know, I would worked on it and that had been growing, you know, for a long time. And it, she probably had gotten kicked in the mouth. How old was she at this point? Do you know? She was probably eight at this point. Um, the, the back wasn't bad. Her molars weren't bad, but her front were, were crazy. And then you can see um, right under this tooth, that tooth had been wearing for so long that it had created a dip. It was wearing out those bottom teeth. And then is she missing an incisor there on the one side? Well, it's, it's a partial. Okay. So it, it's damaged. Just like, you know, children when they fall and knock their teeth and get little gray teeth. <laughs> I'm just thinking about when I landed on my face over a jump at 15. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so balancing the incisors is the first step to regain, regaining proper motion to the equine mouth. And this is that same horse. And... So we're working on her front teeth. And she was a very good sport. <laughs> and then the next step is balancing the molar tickle. And then that, again, that's to restore proper motion and balance to the TMJ, the temporal mandibular joint. And then that carries through the body. So, so go ahead. Um, just can you go back for a moment? Yeah. So you're using a speculum, right? I use a speculum. I use a speculum <laughs> because I need to be able, and I go by feel, I need to be able to go all the way to the back onto the surface of the tooth to feel if they have back hooks. So there is no way to get on top of that tooth like that unless you have a speculum. Right. Because, you know, just them shutting their mouth can take your fingers off. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> if we want to talk about, talk about how powerful a horse's jaw is, and I think people don't oh, necessarily, yeah. we, we don't think about it. Right. right? Because they eat grass. Nobody that's right. Yeah. And so they have huge masseter muscles, but in addition, yeah. we have the length of the jaw. So we have a lever. Right. So we have right. massive muscles to close the mouth yes. and, and the some have more than others <laughs> right and i know for me you know like if i'm chewing and i make a mistake and it seems like since menopause i make more mistakes right <laughs> <laughs> um and you like hit your gum or, or you bite your gum it's like right. whoa you, we don't even recognize how we take uh, unconsciously, we expect our mouth to just work and not to make mistakes. Correct. How much power we have in our jaw because we're constantly using it. These muscles right. are trained all the time. Right, right. Well, and with the speculum, I, you know, it can open pretty wide. My hands are pretty small and I can get back up in there. So I only open it to two clicks. Um, just because I'm trying, I'm very aware because I have had dental work and I have had crowns where they kept my mouth open for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then it was almost cramped open. So I'm very aware. I mean, these are sensitive animals. They can feel a fly on their skin, you know? So I, I, I try to make an evasive procedure, the least evasive that it can be. Right. So, and, and I, I mean, I've never seen you work, but like my, my dentist will open the speculum, do some work, and then release it, relax exactly. the horse's jaw, and then repeat. So we're not exactly. just 
like you say, in the dentist's office, I have right. been there many times. Right. Because <laughs> we know how that feels. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they stick everything in there and they say, you're going to sit here for five minutes because right. something has to cure. And you're like, are you kidding? Right. Exactly. And that's exactly the way that I work as yeah. well. I give them breaks. I don't use a stand. Um, if I need to work on my knees, I do work with sedation because it's, it's easier for the horse, um, even if they're standing a lot of times, you know, they're, you know, I know how I am in the dentist chair. I'm fists. Yes. <laughs> and I know oh, they're I, not trying exactly. to hurt me. <laughs> you know, and uh, I agree with you. And getting the Novocaine shot, you you tense up so much anticipating. Right. Oh, my God. Right. I, I think and and these are prey animals, and I'm a predator in their head with sharp instruments. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Onward. Okay. So um, issues and injuries. Uh, horses are prey animals and they will do whatever it takes to protect themselves. If they have an unbalanced mouth, they will compensate somewhere else in their body to protect the TMJ, which is their guidance system. Jumpers, and these are just a few examples. There are a multitude of examples. Every horse is different. Um, these are just a few. Is this uh, one of your children? Yeah. Nice position. Right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Jumpers can have front leg suspensory injuries, head shyness, girthiness, lameness, behavior problems, uh, losing weight and condition. And the weight and condition doesn't necessarily have to mean because they're not getting it down. It can be because they're not getting it down properly. They're not able to masticate it properly or if they have sharp points or just pathology in their mouth, where they're just, it can be causing mental stress. Um, and so by it kind of depends. You just mean chewing, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it, it kind of just depends. Like I said, every horse is different. Some horses that, like I have some, I've had clients where they bring in the really skinny horse. Their teeth are fine. That's, it's a different issue. I have horses clients who bring in really fat horses and their teeth are terrible mm. so so it doesn't necessarily correlate okay um to just weight loss um but losing weight and condition just to name a few of the possibilities that could be a result of what's going on in their mouth and i think people think about the feet because they can see them people think about the body because they can see it a lot of people forget about the mouth and it's just like maintaining our car we have to rotate the tires. We have to give them fuel. We have, you know, we have to maintain them. And the way that I look at it, we're expecting them to take care of us and they're basically helpless. So we need to take care of them and maintain them so they can take care of us. Yep. And I probably just said this whole slide. So <laughs> they're our responsibility. Oh, so good to say it again. Yeah, it's important for us to consider the horse. So to promote whole horse health, remember to balance the feet, teeth, and spine. And that's what, you know, you're doing with the Surefoot. I, you know, I, I go to lots of places where they are using the Surefoot program. Um, you know, and it's all about balance. I mm -hmm. mean, and, and, and like you were talking about, these are the things that are allowing the horses to work longer and to live longer. Um, we're not riding them hard and putting them up wet and not taking care of them. We're, we're actually more conscious of all these things now. And it's no different than us. 
Although I think we probably take care of our horses probably better than we take care of ourselves a lot of the time now. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I, I know I need body work and I think my horses get body work before I do. So, <laughs> so having out on pasture as often as possible um, is good. I mean, a lot of people can't do that, but just getting them out to move, they're meant to move, feeding them on the ground like we were talking about. Um, I mean, these are all things that go into how are they wearing their bodies. And then if their bodies are out of whack, their teeth are out of whack, their feet are out of whack, how are they going to balance us on top of them when, when they're not even right? You know, and then they've got maybe a person who, you know, in my case, I'm not the best writer. They got to take care of me too and balance whatever I'm doing. Um, also, when giving snacks, I see people give whole apples or whole carrots they're, they don't compress like we do. They slice and they cut their food. So, so someone's asking how small a piece, like, like it should be an inch diameter or is there a I would do I would do like half an inch. Half I mean, because they're really, they're not meant to go like this. They're meant to cut side to side. Okay. So you are when, you know, and they'll do it because they want it, <laughs> but you know, it's causing them to open wider than they should. And they're just not meant to eat that way. Well, and when you watch them eat like apples on the ground, they're, they're going to take a bite. And right. And they rotate. Right. And, you know, if you watch them, they'll rotate to one side and they'll rotate to another side. So that's another thing, you know, like we're handed, right-handed, left-handed. Um, they're handed also a lot of the time. They may have a favorite rotation that they like, that wears into the mouth too. That wears into the teeth also. A certain grazing stance, that can wear into the teeth. I mean, there are just so many possibilities. And then this is just a, you know, somebody who works with their horse. And that's the end of my presentation for that. <laughs> okay, that's awesome. So, so now, um, uh, I'm wondering if you have any, like, when, when the dentist comes and right. often, you know, they'll say, well, your horse has ramps or your horse has this, or your, can, can right. you just go through some of those terms and help us understand what right. they're talking about? Because, you know, like I, I only see my dentist, if I see my dentist, it's right. about once or twice a year and depending. Okay. I'm going to go back to my presentation. Perfect. And just kind of use the pointer on the too because what you know as horse owners it well and this is i have yet another question is how do we evaluate our dentist how do we know that and i, that's, I know that's, that's a big ask it, it it's difficult because i used to say if they talked about balance but then that's not necessarily true either um so you really have to have a, like, I only work by referral. So the way that I work, it's, I'm not just working on the sharp edges. I'm working on the whole mouth for the whole horse. Some people only want, you know, they think of it, well, I don't want specialized dentistry. Well, in my opinion, every horse needs to be balanced. If, especially if they're, you know, taking on riders. Um, so really you just kind of have to, you, 
somebody who talks about balance is key. Um, in my opinion, you know, the incisors and the molars erupt at the same rate. So if we're only adjusting the back teeth, taking away from the back teeth, that leaves the front teeth too long. The back teeth can't touch. That puts the three-point balance system out of whack. So what's the three-point balance system? Um, incisors, molars, TMJ joint. Ah. Everything, you know, and, the, and they're doing that more with people now. You know, I had braces, I had teeth pulled, but my teeth don't sit right on top of each other like they probably should. Right. And they're doing more of that type of dentistry with humans now. I had someone that I was talking to, she took her teenager to a dentist who did the balancing like we're talking about with the horse and it changed her posture completely. Wow. So, you know, it almost seems like we're catching up with the humans later than we've been doing with the horses, you know? Well, the reason I ask about how to evaluate a dentist is because, you know, when I, this is many years ago. I had a little quarter horse. His name was Andy. And we had the dentist that was in the area, but he was a very well-known dentist. He was uh, recognized and respected by a lot of veterinarians and he did my horse. But, you know, when he would come to do my horse, we would have to tranquilize my horse. And this is a horse that would pack anybody. He was the salt of the earth. But when it came to dentistry, he would, he would rear in the stall. He was so difficult. And so, you know, we, we just thought, well, it's just difficult for him. Well, I sent him to a friend once who needed a horse to, when I was traveling. And so I sent him there and her neighbor was also an equine dentist. And she happened to be over there and she checked his mouth and he had a really sharp point in the back and he had wolf teeth. And suddenly we had an explanation for his behavior Right. Um, and we, I obviously I changed Dennis and we never had that problem again. Right. So I'm not saying that all horses that are acting up have a problem. Right. No, I mean, sometimes it is. I just don't want to work. But right. Um, right. but as with anything and, and since they can't talk, they can try to tell us, you know, it's a good starting point to look at the balance system, look at the feet, look at the body and look at the teeth. I mean, and every horse is different. Some are more sensitive than others, you know, because in the wild, I'm not supposed to show that I'm hurt or unbalanced. So I'm going to be really stoic. And then there are some princesses and I have some princesses that tell you right away. I would almost rather knowing what I know, have them tell me right away so we can, you know, fix the cause right now as opposed to it going so far down the line, it's a bad wreck by that point. So. And then there's also, and this, I don't want to get into the whole ratsness of it, but in many states there are legal issues about who can do dentistry. Yes, correct. So you really have to check with your individual state, like some states only veterinarians can do dentistry. Right. Well, right. And, and some states only veterinarians can do body work they're the only ones that can touch the horse. Right. Um, but yes, every state is different. You know, I'm yeah. based out of Colorado. So I work with veterinarians, um, but I am able to work in this state. Right. And in Not Virginia, it's the same thing that they're under the auspices of the veterinarian. So I'm lucky. My yeah. vet lives over the. It lives on the property where my horse is. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. Yeah, my horse yes. is Dr. Harmon's house. Okay, so right, right. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so she's there and she can do the tranquilizing and, um, and, you know, and we have, like I said, we have this dentist now who's been fabulous. Um, but it is one of those things that's so hard for people to evaluate. How do they know if the dentist is doing a good job? So let me just ask you this as a possibility. I mean, okay. um, my dentist will show me what's going on in the mouth, will let me put my hand in the mouth if I want to, will talk to me about what's going on. In other words, they'll educate me about what is happening in my right. mouth. Right. And well, and I will tell you that when I was first working with the horses, until I actually saw a skull and could see the top and the bottom and what they actually look like, you know, you can feel and, and you can look, but like this type of a photo and actually seeing a skull makes a huge difference on you being able to actually place what, okay, this is exactly what we're talking about. Right. So this is a good thing to be able to see um, you know, yeah. I mean, this picture blew me away just from square one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we do have a question. Let me just ask okay. this now before we get into that, the other question, which we'll get okay. back to, um, what other animals are hypsodonts? Um, deer, the only difference between like deer and goats, um, they don't have the upper incisors, but they have the lower. You know, they're all animals that eat vegetation, basically. Rats, although rats and rabbits, their teeth just continue to grow. But, you know, it's, it's the larger grazing animals. So cows also are hips. Antelope, you know, and like when you go on safari, all right. those types of animals. All yeah. those kind of things. Yeah. And then equine, you know, obviously the donkeys, the zebras, you know, all those types. Right. And then somebody else has asked they, that they got, they adopted a horse that had no back teeth left and they were going to try and pasture him and he's boat attendant and he's on stall rest and he eats hay, but there's evidence of quitting. And yep. maybe you can define yep. quitting for those that don't know what that is. So quitting is chewed up wads of hay that are spit out. Okay. And what would you recommend for him during this recuperative period? Um, if he doesn't have any back teeth, um, Honestly, the only type of pasture that would be good as far as mastication of anything for nutrition is going to be the fresh pasture, which is going to be spring and summer. Winter pasture, when it's dead, they're not going to get any nutrition from that. And a good way to tell or things that I look for, if horses are ribby on the top next to their spine and then they have a big hay belly, Typically that's either they need to be wormed or they're not digesting, not digesting their food properly, it's maldigestion. So those really long pieces of grass are the hardest thing for them to try to masticate. And they can't if they don't have back teeth because there's nothing to grind with. They need to grind that down. So if, if you can't or don't want to do soak hay pellets, you know, whether it's grass or alfalfa or mix, um, hay, alfalfa hay is another thing I recommend if they're not allergic to it, because you can have allergies to that as well. Um, but the leaves are already broken down. They're going to leave the stems, but the leaves are already broken down for them. Grass hay is absolutely the hardest thing for an older horse or a horse with no teeth to masticate into the nutrients that it needs. So that's when we get back to the oatmeal. 
yes, the horsey oatmeal. Or somebody told uh, one of my clients told me, well, I don't like oatmeal. I said, well, what about cream of wheat? So he said, horsey cream of wheat would work. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So now let's get into when when the dentist comes and they look in your horse's mouth and they go, your horse has a ramp. Okay. So ramps are, I I. I like to describe it as I'm the back of the head and my lower front teeth. Can you unshare your screen so we can see what you're doing with your hands? Well, I can just show you on the screen. Okay, okay, got it. Never mind. So I'm back here. Okay. And the ramp is this tooth right here. This bottom tooth ramps up kind of like a ski jump. Oh. Those are ramps. There are certain breeds that wear their teeth into a ramp, so they're just going to constantly do that. And so when we balance them, we clear it, and then by the next year, they've worn it into that, and that's just by their head carriage. So almost like a, like you say, yes. a, a little bit of a ski slope. Yes, exactly. Okay. And so that's a ramp. Um, he's missing his front uh, incisor, but a hook hangs down like a fang on the front first two molars. Uh, sometimes they only have one on one side. Sometimes they have them on, you know, again, we're looking for symmetry when we're balancing the mouth, but they can only have them on one side depending on what their body's doing. So they get, all the horse's teeth are made right here. You can see they have a ridge. Yep. They all have those ridges. And then at the bottom of the ridge, are where the sharp points come in. So since horses' teeth constantly erupt, if horses have not very good makeup, um, I tease and say the tooth fairy wasn't genetically kind to them, if they have an overbite or an underbite, if they have an overbite, these, oops, these front teeth, these incisors are over, kind of like this one is. Yep. And so you can see where this front tooth is probably sitting. That's way out past this lower incisor. So there, that tooth, because there isn't anything opposing it to wear it, it's going to keep growing past. So that's going to create a hook. And that's going to impede, especially the anterior you know, back and forward motion in the mouth. Right. And, and it can impede the lateral motion as well. Um, the ridges on the teeth, you know, we call that transverse ridging. And here's, here's a good example. If, yep. and here's another good example. If the top teeth, so what happens if these are not addressed, like the high points aren't brought down a little bit, this eventually is going to grow down into that space, impeding the motion in the mouth. If they lose a tooth, same thing. I have had horses where there was like an S-shaped fracture out of the middle of the tooth. And in this case, it had probably gone for two or three years without having its teeth adjusted. The, there was an S, exact same shape protruding up, growing into that spot. So wherever the teeth are not sitting directly on top of each other, they're gonna grow past, they're gonna erupt past. And that's what's causing 
you know, they're not wearing it. They're not out moving and wearing it like they should be. That's what's locking their mouths up. And that's what we need to adjust so that we can get the motion for them. So it sounds like what we need in the ideal, and there is no ideal mouth, okay? Right. In the right. ideal mouth, the upper and lower teeth all meet so that there's always a, a, a surface that's, that that's they a, touch. Right. An opposing surface that touches, yep. Right. And wears, but they also need to be moving. Right. Because to be able to get these points, you know, at the edge of the ridges, Mm -hmm. they've really got to be moving side to side and different motion instead of here's my hay right in front of my face and I'm not really moving while I'm eating. I mean, so that's perfect world. Right. So in other words, just sticking your head down and eating a bunch of chocolate isn't going to wear the mouth in a way that's going to be beneficial because it's just a... Even, right. Even if their teeth are right on top of each other. Yes. Right. Because it's not enough different types of movement which the jaw really needs to do yes yes because if they're going side to side you know their arcades are sliding and they're catching those edges and wearing those edges down as well right and and that's typically what people are worried about are those edges but as far as looking at the balance of the mouth and then throughout the whole body there's so much more to it than that so you said some breeds tend to wear their mouth in a similar way. Did I hear you say that? Yes. What, like with the ramps? Yeah. What breeds are those? Well, so the ones that typically get the ramps are gated. Wow. Pasos, Frisians, well, Frisians aren't, but gated, it's, it's their head carriage. Right. Uh, and illusions. Those are the types that will typically have ramps. Fascinating. And then, so, okay, nobody has a perfect mouth. Um, do, um, occasionally we see horses with pretty significant uh, underbites, right? Uh, right? Um, right. How does that impact their function? Well, so basically, if, if it's a huge percentage okay. of an overbite or an underbite, the incisors are not functional. So like a, uh, a parrot, if you would please define right. a parrot mouth, and that's what I'm thinking of. Right, right. They're not functional because they're not even touching. And right. it's like in this picture, this one, these are so far, and maybe these teeth are broken, but say it, it's such an overbite or a paramount like this, these are just coming up in here. They're not actually able to grasp or nip the hay like they would, you know, be able to. If they're getting fed hay, they're gonna be able to just pick it up, you know, cause it's right there. But trying to graze is gonna be a little bit more difficult. Right. And that's, that's okay because what they're grinding with is the molars anyway. That's what they're actually grinding their food up with. They're, you know, they're just nipping it off with the incisors. But if they have that, we have to bring whichever is out of, alignment at back as far as we can for the motion. Right. So paramount is essentially an overbite. The front incisors are exceeding the lower teeth. Right. And so if that is the case, then, you know, it's over here and then you've got the hook here because it's way out of place here. So then you have hooks back here because it's just offset. And so it's, it's, and if it's not addressed, it can cause serious problems. You know, the hooks, 
if they're not addressed, can grow into the gums. Right. The back hooks can grow up and the front hooks can grow down and, and they can cause a lot of damage. There's a lot of horrible pictures out there. That, yeah, yeah, you know. there are. And, um, you know, it's some horses can appear parrot mouth because they have so much tension in their chin. Like right. I, I know one horse and his chin is held so tight sometimes that you think, wow, what's going on in your mouth? But, you know, this is where if you haven't bought the horse yet, it's a really good idea to open the lips and just see what their job is. It is, because like I said, it's not obvious. People see the feet, and if they look terrible, that's obvious. I don't recommend anybody go stick their hands in a horse's mouth. Um, you can look at the incisors for sure. One of the things I look at are the temporal muscles up on the forehead. Yep. Um, if one of those is larger than the other, the one that's larger is typically the side that's being overworked. For some reason just that alone can tell me their mouth is not balanced right or you can try to move their jaw side to side with their mouth shut you know with teeth teeth touching mouth shut usually you know if their mouth isn't balanced one way or another is not moving properly right I mean it's as simple as that that you can tell this this isn't balanced so when a jaw is say um uh, offset say to that laterally um, so that they're not meeting properly you can get long what is it called when they uh, kinda... it's a, a diagonal well you get a diagonal on the incisors or the edges are you know like on the lower arcades the cutting edge is next to the tongue it's lingual on the upper arcades it's cheek side right so they're not meant to be flat straight across. They're meant to have those angles so that they can grind their food properly. They're not meant to be flattened out. But we, you know, we have to watch, you know, how much is the edge. Right, because, because that can start to abrade the inside of the cheek. Absolutely. It's like when you bite your cheek and you get that chewed up part. And, and that is part where sometimes um, it may be affecting the weight because they're, they're, they're chewing and that sharp, spot is poking them in the gums and creating a sore and right. so almost like an ulcer kind of a it, thing absolutely yes yeah so so we have we need them to be balanced but then you know one of the questions i have is that we have this ideal of perfect balance but then we have to look at reality and so right. um you know i love ida hammer when she talks about feet because she's like i can make these feet look perfectly balanced but the horse isn't happy right so right. There's right. always... and, and I, it, yeah, it's not simple. <laughs> right, right. But there's the because whole... that's true. I mean, you can't make them look perfect because maybe they're, they're not built perfectly, which most of the time they're not. We're not either. Right. Um, so, like, say I'm working with a diagonal in the incisors, and that's been that way for a while because the incisors weren't addressed. Um, or maybe the jaw is just shifted one way or another and it's you know that's how it's wearing the teeth that can be just physical sometimes it's in the teeth sometimes it's actually in the body i mean it can be how are they carried in the womb right you know? um it i have to deal with it like a crack in the hook i i i do what i can you know what i'm comfortable doing to get motion on both sides you know because that's the key point. We want to get motion, but I can't go in. If it's a very large diagonal on the incisors, I can't go in and just zip that off to make it look perfectly straight. 
because I'm going to gap that horse somewhere else and create a bigger problem. So in those cases, you have to work at it like a crack in the hook. You do, you, you continually work on it. Right. So it may be something that you have to come back on a very regular basis over a period of months or a year. Right. And, and again, it depends on the horse. Uh, younger horses, their eruption rate is a lot higher than older horses. Their growth rate is slows way down when they're older. Eventually, I put older horses, I'll start moving them out to two years. You know, a typical is once a year but it depends on the horse. It depends on what you're doing with the horse. It depends on how sensitive is the horse. Um, some can tolerate a full year, some it's 10 months, some it's six months, you know, just honestly, it just depends on the horse and you have to kind of gauge that. So, um, but you bring up an interesting point with, if you have young horses, how, how important, how frequent it is, is it to, because they're going to lose their baby teeth, right? Right. Um, right. But how important is it to look in that horse's mouth, even at a young age? And at what age do you recommend starting? Well, if you're noticing getting the food in, I, I've adjusted horses. The youngest one I did was 18 months. And oh. all I had to do was he had a hook on one side and not on the other. So it was a very minimal adjustment, but he also had body issues already. So we just adjusted that. Typically what I say is when you're going to start working with them. If you're, if you're starting, okay, maybe, let me backtrack a little bit. By three, probably by three, there, for sure there's sharp edges. If you're working at with them at two, then we need to do it at two. I mean, as far as collection, maybe bidding, you know, anything like that, because what we're trying to avoid is body issues. We're trying to avoid them evading something in their mouth and taking it somewhere else and causing future problems somewhere else in their body. Um, Two or three, typically. Um, but certainly before you're really putting them into any kind absolutely, of... Absolutely, absolutely. Because if they've got issues there, it's just going to carry on into their progress. Right. And they're going to evade it somehow. Right. I, yes. Um, somebody's asked a question that I've recently heard the term neurological tooth when referring to a horse. Um, do you know what that means? I haven't heard that term, not neurological tooth, um, their teeth can cause neurological problems. Um, like under the number 10 tooth, which is the second tooth from the back, typically that's right underneath the eye that can cause eyesight problems. Um, I haven't heard the term neurological tooth. And then I, I know that, um, correct me if I'm wrong or if you haven't heard of this, that um, I'm pretty sure in human dentistry, they associate teeth with different uh, meridians. Right. right. Is that also true in horses? Yes. Yes. So a lot of times the second incisors have to do with tripping. Um, so there are different, and like I said, the number 10s are typically underneath the eyes. And those, if there's eyesight problems, there can be pressure from the teeth. And, you know, a lot of times uh, when young horses, they'll get bumps under their jaws. And that's where their permanents are trying to push out the caps 
A lot ah. of people worry about those bumps. It's not necessarily a problem, but it's where the molars are having a hard time maybe loosening those caps. So maybe we need to go in there and get those caps out so then they can come out properly. Right. So as someone's asking, do problems in certainty, well, this is what we were saying, correlate to problems in certain body parts. Also, can you discuss the use of power tools with and without water and the use of vibrational therapy for horses who have, this is a lot of questions. Right, right. Okay. Um, so I personally use hand instruments. I use hand instruments because in my opinion, if I'm using a spinning drill and every practitioner is different, you know, everybody's different. The reason I use them is because I have more control over exactly how much am I taking. A spinning drill can take a lot more, a lot quicker. And if they have four inches of tooth to last their whole life, then, you know, maybe I'm wearing the teeth away faster, you know, prematurely. Um, but they're, you know, everybody's different. Or, you know, not every practitioner has that issue. So it, it kind of depends on what are you looking for. Um, I, you know, like we were talking about, I work a little bit, I shut them down. I work a little bit, I shut them down, you know, to re release the pressure on the TMJ. I am trying to make an evasive procedure, the least evasive that it can be, you know, to a prey animal. Well, and, um, you know, it's so much in the hands of the practitioner. It is. It is. And, and that's what I've always seen is that it's not the, it's not the tool necessary, but the application. And, and I have right. seen a case where a horse um, was power floated and they took too much down and she lost proprioception. Right. And she was right. because she lost that three point balance system. Yes. So if too much was taken off in the back, maybe the front is, you know, too long. The back's not touching. They're trying to get the back to touch the molars to touch. And that's creating TMJ pain, possibly. Um, well, she was I really had a lot of horses. three years, actually. It took about two years yeah. for teeth to grow out. Well, and it depends on, yeah, how old is the horse? You right. know, um, you, you, it's like over, somebody was talking about it at the clinic I work out of some of the time, that it's like over-salting your potatoes. You, you can't take that back. Right. You know, so that's why I use the hand instruments because I am taking exactly what I want to take. And, and only what I need to take to get motion in right. that mouth and to get that three-point balance system. And so again, it's we're not recommending any one particular way of floating teeth. I gotta ask you where that term came from, but it's so important to you know talk to the practitioner or veterinarian you're gonna use, watch them work on other horses, see the results of their work, right. ask questions, be involved, educate. And, and, and education. I mean, I didn't know about this until I knew about this. I didn't know that they needed to be balanced. I didn't know that there was a different way than some other people were doing it. But, you know, that's in every aspect. Right. That's in every person who does body work. That's in every person who does be, you know, everyone is different. Um, you have to find the team that works for you and works for your horse. Yeah. And at one point, it's a very long story, but I wound up having to have braces and during that time I had tremendous amount of TMJ difficulty and pain and I right. ran into a I was teaching I ran into I get really interesting students who helped me reset the jaw right. and I had to right. work at resetting the jaw and so you know this 
we tend to think of this as a really powerful structure, but at the same time, it's a super delicate structure. Well, and it's a joint. I mean, it's connected at the temporal mandibular joint. Um, you know, you had somebody talking about the hyoid. That comes into play also. I mean, the, the temporal mandibular joint is one of the heaviest innovated nerves in the horse's body. You know, balance and horizon is in their head. When you're using whatever you're using, the halter or a bit or, you know, whatever, you're manipulating and they're trying to find their horizon with how you're manipulating them. Right. And that's where the dentistry comes into play besides just being able to masticate their food properly. How, how can I move, you know, with what I'm being asked to do? And um, I'm not going to say who it is, but I have a really surprised guest that's going to talk about bits and bidding. I haven't scheduled her yet, but stay okay. tuned for that one. And then somebody, you know, is uh, asked a question that they've had a horse that's lost proprioceptive uh, feel. Um, but, you know, this is where surefoot pads can be so helpful because Absolutely. we're working through the feet and we're affecting everything in the head. Right. right. I mean, it's all about balance. The surefoot, you know, that's helping them get back into balance. Right. And it's so important. I mean, these are these big creatures. <laughs> and again, you know, it, you know, it's nice to, for them to be balanced even as a pasture pet, but if we're expecting them to take care of us, you know, we've got to help them. Right. And so, you know, what we've seen with Surefoot, I had a horse at one of my expos and the horse had been kicked in the jaw and the jaw was broken. And this was a top hunter and she came to my clinic Greg Best actually told her to, to get to me and okay. she showed up and we did Surefoot and it was fascinating because we very quickly, and it's very unusual to get to the little pods, the little half domes in, in the 40 minutes that we had, right. but the horse like stood on those pods and just everything shifted. And the right. owner, I mean, it was so dear to my heart because she cried because she had her horse again, you know? Right. Well, because when they're just on the hard ground, they're not able to do that. Right. No. Right. Exactly. And it just reset everything that had happened with all the damage and everything. She just came back to herself right. and it was right. really, really amazing. So yeah, it um, is amazing. All ties together and it's it does. so fascinating. Well, we've, we've come to the end of our hour and I just can't thank you enough for the dentistry 101 because this has answered, you know, so many questions for me because, you know, I, like I said, you hear these terms, but if you hear them once a year or every six months, it's right. not frequent enough to really kind of stay with you. And of course, the first image you showed of this, of this, you know, what the teeth look like inside the right. jaw for me, it was just mind blowing. And all the years that I've, you know, worked with horses, that picture says it all in terms right. of understanding what the teeth are doing. Right. But that's up in their head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's got to come down and that's how they chew and, and how they're going to reset right. or set this whole proprioceptive system, which is, you know, we've had other webinars. If you're interested, you can go back and watch the Equisoma webinars where we've talked about um, the head. Jillian Kreinbring's webinar on the hyoid was super yeah. interesting. Yeah. We've Absolutely. had a few others um, that tie into this. All connected, yeah. And, and it is, it's all connected and it's a super important piece. So um, I want to thank you so much for, for um, joining me tonight. Thank and, you for having uh, really, me. It's a really important piece of this puzzle, this, you know, this holistic image that we're trying to create for everybody. Yes. Um, so everybody, just remember all of the webinars, including this one, are available on the Surefoot Equine YouTube channel. You can go there and subscribe. 
Um, on Sundays or Saturday, Saturday or Sunday, on the weekend, I put out the email for the guests for the following week. If you want to get the email in your inbox, just go to murdochmethod.com and subscribe to my newsletter. It will show up with all the links to get to the webinars. Or you can go to the surefootequine.com website and go to the calendar and register for the webinars there. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for joining me. Thank you, Sydney. This has been excellent. It's exactly what I was looking for. And I wish you all a very wonderful weekend. Yes, thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye.